Welcome to The Heart Podcast, a Christian podcast featuring sermons from The Heart Church and impromptu episodes covering a wide variety of topics. We hope you enjoy. Amen. First John chapter five. Now, uh, I'm going to tell you just on the front end, we are going to focus primarily on verses 12 and on verse um, verse 19 and verse 21. Uh We've been going through First John, and the goal is, uh, as we close out the year, was our theme is love your neighbor as yourself. And we've been working on this uh, theme literally since 2017. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, uh, and this year, love your neighbor as yourself. Over the next two years, we've got, uh, we, we're going to have our new theme will be Be Family. Uh, 2022, God willing, will be Build. Uh, family. And in 2023, it will be expand family. Again, God willing, we'll see uh, how all this works out. Uh, but the goal for us uh, over this time, especially especially in 2021, is to really focus in on how to love each other uh, as God would call us to, uh, because it's synonymous with our love for God. If, again, if we don't love, uh, if we don't love our brother who we do see, how can we love God who we don't see? And we're made in his images, it says in James chapter three, as we, uh, you know, if we, we curse each other, we're made in each, we're made in God's likeness, image and likeness. And so uh, we cannot separate our relationship to God from our relationship with one another. And so if there is a, uh, a lack of love there, um, if there's a lack of forgiveness, we can go on and on. Uh, whatever we lack there is going to, it's, it's a reflection uh, of our walk with God. And so we, I think the deceiving part is we can feel like those things can be separate. Oh, I'm great with God, but I can't stand his son. I'm great with God, but I don't love his son uh, or daughter. You know, I don't love his child. Uh, those, it doesn't work that way. And so uh, as we've been going through first John, he's really, the, through the, John through the spirit has really been talking to the church uh, and trying to help them to grasp that, and uh, really was an attack on their faith. It was an attack on uh, uh, on their belief in Jesus, uh, because the Gnostics, it was a group uh, that had grown up out of the church, began to teach that uh, there are several different even branches of, the, of that false doctrine, which they taught that, you know, Jesus didn't physically come. Uh, there are all these different, uh, they had all these different thoughts, all this higher knowledge, whatever. Uh, which was not based in fact. It was actually the deception of Satan. Anyway, First John chapter 5, verse 1, we're going to hop in. And the Bible reads, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know, this, this is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is that? Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he, only the one, rather, sorry, only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And again, John, through the Spirit, is really trying to bring them on back to their fundamental belief 
as Jesus is the Son of God because they were under attack spiritually, uh, which Satan always does is try to get us to doubt Jesus. Verse 6 says, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater uh, because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, we have what we have asked of him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads, there is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that, which is very interesting. All wrongdoing is sin, and there there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That's verse 19, which we're going to focus on in a bit. Uh, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being his... I'm sorry, let's start over. And we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Verse 21, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. And verse 21 is so uh, so interesting, such an interesting into uh, a letter to a church. He says, keep yourselves from idols. Uh, I've read other places where it says, keep yourselves from the love of idols. Um, but I wanted to read this. Last words. As John... Uh, is finishing out this particular letter. There were there are two other letters he wrote, um, you know, second and third John, and also you know Revelation, which is a little bit different. But to this particular church, he's trying to encourage them uh, in 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 their faith because again, their faith was under attack. And what happens when our our faith begins to begin get eroded? Everything else begins to fall after that. Uh, all the other dominoes begin to fall. And so uh, he goes back in, in verse 1 and uh, talks about their faith in, in, in Jesus. And and uh, he says, this is how we know what that the children, uh, I'm sorry, verse 2. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. And he goes on and talks about this is love for God, in fact, is to obey his commands. Uh, we're going to get to verse 12, uh, verse 19 and 21. Uh, but some of the things as we close out the year, uh, the realities are, and as 
John speaks here, the realities are there's some things that just don't change. And I think uh, I share this and it's kind of a, uh, again, being a Christian for 32 years, and I know there have been some that have, have been Christian way longer. And no matter what the theme is, no matter what the focus is, in every church right now, they're, they're unveiling their new themes for the following year, or for the coming year. And they all boil down to the same thing. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The basics never change. Uh, they never change. And I think the even as we focus in on building and expanding family, and we're going to talk about the specifics of that, there there is there's a specific focus within those basics every year. But here, you know, Paul says obedience, that's love for God. And despite all of the knowledge that we have, it always will come down to basic things, is that loving each other is about obedience. And, there, and Jesus tells us how we're to love one another. If you read in uh, Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he talks about how we deal with conflicts, uh, how we deal with anger, how we deal with our language in approaching one another. Uh, later on in Matthew 18, he talks about how we also uh, resolve issues as, as, as we may have issues with one another. We may offend one another or be offended by someone else. And he tells us how we're to lay down our lives for one another, uh, how we're to serve one another. We can go on and on and on at all the different all the different manners in which God tells us this is how you do it. And we can feel all the different ways we want. We can add all the new language, but the bottom line is it's the same, is we, we've got to obey the way that God tells us to. And that doesn't change. He is the father. We're the children. Uh, he is uh, infinite in wisdom. We are not. Uh, the things that we feel are generally going to be opposite of what the spirit is telling us to do. And so we've got to rely upon his word, and we've got to obey in spite of our feelings. And literally, uh, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, uh, the, the what God is trying to get us to do is listen to his voice above any other voice, above our feelings, above popular wisdom, which we're, gonna, we're just about to get to. But, you know, our surrounding cultures, all these things is we've got to obey. Uh, one of the most challenging scriptures for me in, in John chapter 14 uh, I think it's verse 15, verse 21 and 23. Jesus says the same thing in essence three times. He says, look, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And for me, that was very challenging. Again, my concept of love, I'm thinking, okay, I love, I've got feelings for you. I've got these, you know, pleasant, uh, you know, uh, rainbow and, and, and roses and, you know, all these warm, cuddly feelings toward God. But Jesus says, well, if you love me, you will obey me. You, you'll, you'll do what I say. You'll, you'll, you'll heed my command. You'll heed my word. And so despite how you feel, if you were not obeying me, you are actually not loving me. If you were not, uh, if you're not obeying, you're, you're not loving me. And I think that's a challenge for a lot of us, especially this time of year, because people are like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, uh, you're on social media, especially, you know, people are holding up, oh, remember the reason for the season, but then they are uh, disparaging, you know, someone, even if it's a public figure, someone they don't know, a politician, they're disparaging them literally in the in their next post. 
and if we're going to call ourselves Christians, if we're going to, to say we love God, then it's more than just our feelings, and it's more than just the recognition, uh, verbal recognition of his deity. It's actually obedience to his word, uh, and that's the greatest sign of reverence. It's the greatest sign of our devotion to Christ is in our obedience to Christ. And there's grace that goes along with that, but there's nothing. Uh, there, There is no greater uh, love for God than obeying his commands. Okay. He goes on and he talks about overcoming the world in verse 12, which I said we're going to focus on. It says, whoever has a son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. And what with John here, all throughout, he talks, I mean, it's just filled with Jesus. The letter is filled with Jesus. And points to a very simple thing, is that he says, whoever has the Son has life. You know, we celebrated yesterday, Christmas, and it was about uh, God and his infinite plan, his wisdom and his love, and his plan for redemption of the world was to uh, incarnate himself in a human being, uh, in the really the frailest of uh, of human beings, a baby, and we celebrate him giving his life, and ultimately he was he was born to die. Right, uh, the birth was one thing, and without the birth, we don't get uh, we don't get the redemption on the cross. We don't get the resurrection, and so we, he came on into the world. And he says, "Look, if you have the Son, you have life," and uh, their faith, these Christians, their faith was being attacked and their uh, their reverence for their son, their uh, uh, literally their, their faith in the son, their trust in him was being attacked. And for us, uh, it's the battle is always to keep, to stay within the son, to stay within Jesus. You know, John 15, uh, you know, uh, John 15 talks about us abiding in the vine, living in the vine, staying in the vine. And that's the biggest challenge. And for us, everything else out there, it can look like life. It can look like life. Uh, you know, famously, Psalm 73 talks about, you know, the psalmist as he's battling in his walk with God, as he's looking on out into the world. And he says, man, everybody looks carefree. Everything looks great. Uh, people look like they, they've got no worries. They're basking in the wealth that God gave them all that. And I'm here suffering every morning. And I think for us, the challenge, I know for me, it's it's so easy to, to look on out into the world and uh, see everything that, you know, people feel free. They, you know, they don't have to put up with anything, whatever. But the reality is not everything that looks like life is life. Not everything that, not everything is what it appears. And I know for those of us, we're like, well, of course, Tim, that's, of course, that's what it is. But I think we get deceived by this all the time. Uh, a few years back, we were at a, a New England youth rally and uh, had an analogy. When, uh, uh, we used actually an illustration of uh, we had we had a cake eating contest. And so we had all these cakes up on the stage and uh, we had the kids come up on uh, those that wanted to compete. And so they had to have their hands behind their back. And they had to dive into the cake, and there was a prize at the center of the cake. But they had to chew, they had to eat through and, and get their faces all in there and get to the center of that cake to get the prize. 
And so they all come up and they they all go for it. We, you know, we do the countdown. They go for it, stick their faces in there. Ah, they're eating it. And they come on out. And they, they had to bite the prize and pull it out with their teeth. You know what that prize was? <laughs> the prize was a diaper in the middle of it. You know, we melted some chocolate in the middle. It was, a, it was a teen thing. Probably wouldn't do that for adults. But we had melted chocolate, so they had to open it up, and ah, there's a prize. And the, the, the illustration there was that's how we can feel about life. We can dive on in, and everything, it tastes good. It's sweet and all that. Then we get to the middle, and it's a dirty diaper, and that's really kind of what life is without Christ. We We dive in. And we're enjoying all these things that the world has to offer. And then you get to the middle and you're like, it's empty. It's filthy. It's not life. And I know some of, I appreciate what Gio shared. Gio, you know, college athlete, uh, all that stuff. And he's like, man, I, I was just, I was at my darkest place. I needed redemption. And all of us, in different ways and at different times, we get to these places where we dive on into the world, and uh, some more than others, and we dive on in, and then we get there, and we're like, wow, this isn't life. I know for me, I was fortunate, and God blessed me and had mercy on me, so I was able to figure that out at 19. He really led me to that place. He let me go to the end of my road, and all the things that I wanted to do uh, that I thought were life, uh, he let me go there. Between, you know, from the, you know, drinking and the drugs and, and, and you know, women or whatever it is in my case, you know, I, he let me go my own way. And the end of that road, I was lonely and totally empty. And as I looked forward into the future, I didn't see anything that was looking remotely like life. And for me at that space, I, in that space, I was ready to end it all. And God, God had mercy on me. He sent someone in my life, studied the Bible. I became a Christian about a month later after studying the Bible and really working out and understanding a relationship with God really helped and, and changed and, cha and changed me, uh, saved me. Uh, and I discovered what life really was. And, and my entire Christian life now has been a battle of, of staying in that space of, no, this is life. And uh, the times that I've drifted have been the times that I've had the hardest time with God. You know, some of the things, the, the one of the big things in the world, and I talked about this in our North region last week, uh, he, you know, in earlier verse, he talks about overcoming the world. But one of the, 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 the things that I've learned most about uh, the, the thing that feels great about life and that, that our world is filled with, and it's the thing we all hate, but it's the thing that we all give into. Well, not all, but a majority of us give into is judgment. Uh, judgment. And Jesus came, the life that he gives us is a life free from judgment. And we're like, yeah, no, no one can judge me. Well, that's not true. People, we make judgments all the time and we react to people's judgments. That's why we wear the clothes we wear. Uh, that's why we brush our teeth. There's things that we do with social norms because we don't want to be judged because we're always judging. And some of that is good. But in, in the most, in the, in the most negative sense where it comes from pride is we all judge. We judge other people all the time. And so when I, when I say that most of us do, uh, on social media, we judge people all the time. 
uh, someone will post something and, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that. Why'd they say it? And literally, uh, it's, it's the, what, what's recently come out is people, they will, uh, these companies will promote things that get us angry. Whatever's going to bring out the most outrage and judgment for us, those are the things that get put to the forefront because they evoke these emotions and we just run right in. We run right in and uh, we we get upset. And it's like, if you ever want, if you're ever feeling drowsy in the morning, just go on Twitter or Facebook and uh, click on something. And there's something in there that'll get your adrenaline going right away. It'll get you to be like, oh, I can't believe it. And then your heart will get racing your blood. I can't believe it. And you may want to pass it on to someone else. And it'll get you going. We judge all the time. And uh, I know that I judge all the time. And you can do it in sports and music and movies. There's always a judgment where we make these judgments all the time. And we we can live in that space. But there's no life there. We bring it to the church. And there's really no life there. Jesus... He didn't come to condemn the world. If you read in John chapter three, he didn't come to commit, condemn the world. He came to save the world, John 12 as well. He didn't come here just in condemnation because if anyone could have come and just judged us, he could have, and righteously so. A lot of our judgment, even when it's right, even when we could be right, we can go to unrighteous spaces and it's not out of love. Jesus always judged in from a righteous manner, but he came here to bring us life. And so for us, I was re I read a great book called Unoffendable uh, by the guy's name is Brandt. And really has been life-changing for me uh, because I realized, man, how much of, um, how much anger and judgment can be in our hearts and in my heart in particular. And it's been life-changing and freeing for me is allowing, uh, me to stand before God and showing grace to others. Um, life is there. That's where Jesus was. And if we have Jesus, we have real life because then we're able to overflow with love. We read John 13, he's able to wash the disciples' feet when they were about to abandon him. That's love. That's a depth of love that I've never had and strive for and aspire to. That's where life is. It's not in judgment, which is in the world. Uh, we're going to shoot on down. There's tons of things in here. I'm trying to squeeze a bunch of stuff in to a small window of time. And I know our attention spans are very low uh, because of, you know, we're tired of being online. I get it. Verse 19, we're going to shoot on down. We skipped a lot. You know, the sin that leads to death. I don't understand all of that. I would just say, uh, you know, that verse six, uh, that verse 16 and 17, I would just say that whole sin that leads to death and all that. Stay away from that. You don't want to go there. Uh, I don't want to gamble on oh, this one might not lead to death. This one leads to death or whatever. No, just don't do it. Love God. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. Okay, verse 19. He says, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. And this is something I think that we have got to understand. For those of us that will call ourselves Christians, that the entire world is under the control of the evil one. Everything we see on the news, uh, I don't care if it's politics, if it's uh, in, the, in the corporate world, whatever it is, sports world, you name it, everything is about, as uh, 
it says earlier in John about, you know, love for the world, every, it boasts the boastings and cravings of, of the flesh. Um, it's under Satan's control. And I share this because everything we've seen uh, this year has been, uh, it's been, been, it's been challenging. Uh, it's been uh, more challenging in my mind in 2020, uh, but it's, it's, it's been challenging the responses and people fighting about, you know, masks, no mask, all these things. This feels like it's been raging forever. Um, but what we've got to understand, and I think the thing that we've got to remember is that Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 and following, there is, there is a, there are spiritual forces at work in the world and they're influencing us, trying to get us away from faith in God, trying to get us away from obedience to God, trying to get us away from loving one another and really pitting us against each other. And my sole point here is for us to, we need to really pray that God would protect us. It says in, I believe in, uh, in second Corinthians, uh, second Corinthians is Paul writing the church. And he says, look, I, I want to make sure that we're not outwitted by Satan's schemes. And one of the things that's very easy for us to do is to be outwitted and to think that there's some worldly philosophy outside of scripture. There's some worldly philosophy outside of God's call for us to love each other. There's some worldly thing out there uh, that is going to, there, there's some uh, new and improved way of obeying the scripture uh, when it's, it's always going to be the same. And Satan's always trying to pull us and lead us astray. Trying, and sometimes it's more blatant and sometimes it's more subtle. There's a long and a short game. And I think we've got to pray, really pray about that. And I think the one thing that that we, because we are, uh, things are so easily explained and tangible for us uh, in the physical world, we forget that there are spiritual forces. And this is why we pray. One of my prayers often is that, and honestly, it, it ain't new for me, but Jesus said, hey, we need to pray that God would protect us from the evil one. God, uh, lead us not into temptation. Uh, Father, please protect us. I pray uh, that God will protect me uh, from, from Satan, from his demons, from things taught by demons. They're always the same. Uh, generation after generation, the goal is always uh, to help us focus in on self, to focus in on others, and to get our focus away from God. Because if you can get our folks away from God, then you can get our folks away uh, from how we're to treat one another, and the world is messed up. And I know I'm not saying anything super profound, I think, but we for, we forget these things. And so we, we're constantly looking uh, and, and trying to, you know, this, this saying, <laughs> there's so much going on. The realities are at every point in history, uh, there's always been a lot going on. I was praying with Jim Food, and I shared this with the North Region, so forgive me for sharing the story again. Uh, Jim Food and I were out, we were praying uh, out by the Connecticut River. And it was a beautiful, beautiful morning, uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, we're out there praying, and the water's rushing, the, the breeze going. You uh, hear uh, a geese out in the background, there are ducks there as well, and the squirrels climbing up the trees. There's just so much activity, really peaceful, but there's so much activity going on. And I was like, I was like, wow, we're, you know, I was at a space of peace, and we're praying. And I was like, there's a lot going on right now. Like in this space, there's a lot going on. There's always a lot going on. I know we could, we can get overwhelmed with everything else. 
but where we've got to focus in is, is right here. And what John is trying to get the Christians here to focus in on is Jesus and Jesus's redemption and Jesus on the cross. And for us, with all the other things we can be involved in, even some really, really good things, serving the poor, uh, helping people to know Jesus, uh, helping to, to build a church and, cre and growing in our knowledge of God and all these other things. There's so many things that uh, we can get involved in and we can forget the basic thing. And for us, I really want to encourage us to pray uh, about this spiritual battle because it doesn't matter how your year went. Amen. God is blessed and we've been able to make it to this point. Prayerfully, we'll make it on in the next year. Uh, but if we, we don't have the right focus, if we're not spiritual in our thinking beyond the flesh, beyond the here and now, we'll be deceived and Satan will be able to control us as well. And that goes to the last point here, verse 21. He said, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. And uh, as an encouragement for all of us, I'll give us the same encouragement that uh, John gave the church. Keep ourselves from idols. And again, at that juncture in their world, uh, they were under, you know, the Rome kind of ruled the world. Before that, it was uh, the Greeks and there's always been idols. They they had physical idols, you know, physical things that they worshipped. And I went through uh, and did all my research on uh, all the, the 14 main Greek gods. And then there were Roman gods that kind of mirrored them, you know, uh, uh, Zeus and Jupiter and on and on. You know, they kind of, they had these mirror, uh, mirrored gods with some variations, Neptune and Poseidon and all these things. And I thought, you know, those things were so prevalent in their day. They had temples to their gods. They were things that people devoted their lives to uh, for for prosperity, uh, for sex and fertility, um, uh, just for for protection. There were gods of war, you know, all, all these things. The heart, uh, Artemis was the god of the hunt, goddess of the hunt. All these different things that people went to because uh, they were they were searching for God. And there are all these different ways that. They can get deceived at that time in that era. And I think for us, um, it's just no different. And all of these things, just so you know, they all kind of come back to the same thing. Is Jesus above all else. And we've got to keep ourselves from idols. In our world, man, we, we're, it's just filled with idols. Uh, there are... There are so many things that they're not, they're not much different. They're not much different uh, than they've always been. There's the gods of prosperity. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we, we read the books, uh, the self-help books and all these things about, uh, you know, rise and grind. We've got all these new slogans and all, but they're always the same. Uh, they're all the same thing. Uh, they're gods of self. They're, there's, you know, the, Whatever it is, it's always the same. There are things that are trying to pull our hearts and our affections and our devotions. Uh, there are things that are trying to elevate themselves and subjugate God. When God is never subjugated, there, there are no other gods. It's only one. And that's the challenge for us. And, and, and God really tried to do it for all. He did it for all time. He didn't try. He did it. When he rose Jesus from the dead, as Jesus was crucified, uh, and resurrected. He did it for all time. There is no one. There is no other God. 
uh, he exhibited his power where people, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, where they walked with him, they touched him, they ate with him. Uh, Jesus rose from the dead to give us life. And it's not all about us. And I would say that, you know, when I study the Bible and one of the things we talked about is idolatry and some of the things that go along with that. And I realized I was my main idol uh, at that time. And that's always going to be the battle for us is the everything's going to come is going to try to work to lead us away from God and and to get to self and so that we elevate ourselves above God. So our feelings are up here and God's word is here. Uh, and so we don't obey him uh, above our feelings. We don't obey him above the culture. We don't obey him about what seems right in the world. And so uh, we're taken away. You know, uh, we get so caught up in the physical world and the things of this world that we forget that there's a spiritual battle going on and we lose sight of that. And so all these things are trying to take our attention away from God. And, you know, because it's Christmas, I know some of you guys got young kids and, uh, you know, some of us have been uh, blessed to be able to uh, receive gifts and provide gifts for others. Um, and I, you know, I do want to be sensitive. That is a very uniquely Western thing to be able to do, uh, where we have an abundance. I mean, the stuff that we have is just, it's amazing. Um, but there's so many things that we, we can get and give. And you imagine you're, you giving a gift to your child and your child, whatever, let's say a phone just for, you know, easy purposes. You give a child a phone, they get their first phone and they're so excited, but they're always on their phone and they don't talk to you. They're always on their phone. And whenever you try to get their attention, you're an annoyance and you're, you want to spend time with them, but they're on their phone. They can't keep their hands off their phone. And really, I know for some of us, that's triggering because it's based in fact, but that's how we can be with God, where God is trying to get our our attention. He's given us these gifts. He's given us, you know, our, our spouses. He's given us, uh, you know, jobs and career, whatever it is, whatever your thing is that he's He's given to you as a blessing. He's given you your talents and he's given you all the things, uh, your health. He's given this all to you and we, we can get so focused in on it. And we don't pay attention to him anymore. We don't give him the honor that is due him. And he becomes an annoyance. The gift giver, the life giver becomes uh, a distraction from the gift. And what John here through the spirit is writing is keep yourself from idols. His very last words. And I would say the same for us as we close out a year. I think it's a great time to evaluate how we've done this year spiritually, how we've done in our walk with God, how we've done uh, in our walk with our brothers and sisters. And we've got, in God's grace, he's given us the ability to evaluate how we've done and where we've fallen short and where we can get better um, and what we want to focus in as we go on to next year. I know for myself, it's been, it's been tremendously uh, encouraging to be able to uh, break through something that God has been trying to teach me all year long. And I feel like, God, thank you. I finally, I, I got it now until the next test, right? Um, and it, it feels so freeing. And I would just encourage you to evaluate how you're doing 
with God, how your walk with God is, how your obedience is going. And not how you feel about God, but how has your obedience been when your feelings and everything else has told you to do the opposite? Uh, I would ask you to evaluate um, how you're doing, you know, as we talk about, you know, uh, where has Satan led you astray? Where where have you had victories even? It's, it's a great time to evaluate victories. What are things we want to continue on for next year? Um, you know, and lastly, you know, to evaluate what, what are some of the idols in our hearts? What are some of the idols that we've had in our hearts that have kept us from honoring the gift giver, uh, from honoring God, that have kept us away from really honoring the blood of Jesus on the cross? I think it's a great time to do that. Uh, I do want to, just as we close, uh, I just want to thank the church. It's been, uh, this year has been, um, it's it's been a lot. And I just want to thank uh, so many of the disciples for what you've given uh, to God, what you've given to the church, um, for just being patient with all of the, the the meeting, not meeting, going back and forth. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's been encouraging to me. Uh, it, it's And I just personally, I want to thank Carl Richardson, who's been uh, just the most amazing encouragement uh, uh, this year for me personally. And uh, obviously, uh, Jim uh, and uh, Ian have been great partners, the Jacksons and the Ibrahims, uh, the zone leaders, the Tuliers and the uh, Benzes, the Greers and Edmonds and Walters, uh, the Gonnets, uh, the Collados. I just want to thank y'all. I know all the family group leaders, Janet Roach, we can go on down, Elkie, uh, you know, we can go on down the line. There's so many uh, people that have been uh, just uh, really helped uh, with the church this year. And I uh, want to thank, you know, um, yeah, thank a little bit of everyone. Our, our worship team, uh, who's done a great job. They, they went from zero to 100 uh, this year. And I uh, want to thank them. Uh, I, yeah. So I know I can, that's the problem when you start giving thanks to specific people, you can uh, literally forget so many. Um, So I don't want to do that anymore. So I love y'all. I pray that uh, you enjoy uh, the rest of your holiday weekend and that you get some, get an opportunity to really pray and uh, get some great time with God. And we'll see you next year. Love you. for listening to The Heart Podcast. To learn more about The Heart, visit us online at hartfordchurch.org.